0: Welcome to the Sermon B-Side podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the B-Side podcast here at Liberty Church, Harrisburg. I'm Steve King. Alongside me is Matt Luloyan, Matt, a belated happy Easter to you. Yeah. It's Easter Monday, happy Easter Monday. Yeah. And welcome to the show. Thank you. And happy Easter. Um, here's the great thing: Easter is a whole
0: season. We get to actually say happy Easter to each other for like 50 more days until, I, uh, until Pentecost. Okay. It's happy, happy we get the Easter. Whole, yeah.
1: Next week, I'll say it again. You can say it every day. There it is.
0: This whole like refrain, it was actually it was a great day yesterday. We got to really um, I think, celebrate that well together. Easter uh, Easter's always a high point of the year for me. Uh, personally, um, just love the, you know, the re like the, the real sense that I think we have, uh, which we, which we which we're invited to have every single day. But when you gather on Easter with brothers and sisters in Jesus and say, we really believe Jesus rose from the dead and that, that changes everything. There's just a, a real gift to the, to the worship service, um, on Easter Sunday. So I'm, I was grateful for it. Uh, but yeah, this, this refrain that we often say on Easter Sunday, he has risen. He has risen indeed. That call and response. Yep. Uh, It would be totally appropriate to greet other Christians with that greeting throughout the whole Easter season.
1: Okay. This is, it is, it is not like the happy new year or Merry Christmas that yeah. we quickly get sick of. You get, so Christmas, you get 12 days. You get 12 days. That's the whole,
0: like the twang, right. 12th day of Christmas. That's, That's for it, the yeah. song, right? 12 days. Yep. It's between Christmas and epiphany. Got it. Yep. Uh, it's, dun, a little, dun, good, dun, it's a little good, little Christian dun, calendar. Dun, we dun, didn't dun, know. Dun, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Christian calendar day. We're going to get into
1: it. Here, here we go. uh but then, your you calendars, go. everybody. We're marking this on your calendar. Easter or Easter tide,
0: as it's sometimes called. Uh, runs this whole season of the time between the resurrection yep. and the ascension. The ascension, yes. Um and actually even <laughs> beyond the ascension, I'm uh, yeah, I think that's right. It goes all the way to Pentecost, which is like 10 days after the ascension. Okay. So 40 days, yep. Jesus was on the earth, then he ascended. But he told him to wait in Jerusalem a few more days, Pentecost. Yep. Yeah. So you can say happy Easter. You say he has risen, he's risen indeed, all the way until
1: June 5th, June when 5th, we, when we've got June 5th. June five. Yeah. Uh, can I get a quite quick tangent? She said, she said your
0: uh, your facial expression <laughs> throughout my entire explanation. <laughs> What I was hearing on the internal dialogue of that was, my gosh, what a nerd. What a nerd. Oh, no,
1: no, no, no. No, not at all. When you said The Ascension. Yeah. So, um, okay, uh, you've seen The Chosen, uh-huh. okay, the series. I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners I've have. I've seen
0: season one. Okay. I've not seen season two. Yep.
1: Okay. So, I've, I've a lot of people at the church that I've heard of love The Chosen, like it, right? Yeah. It's, it's good. I'd recommend people would watch it. I've enjoyed it, um, but they the chosen. You just reminded me of this. Quick tangent. Okay. They put out going into Easter a little bit of a promo. I got this email. I'm on. I guess I'm on the email list for the chosen. Yeah. You sign up, Vin Angel. How to watch the shows? Nice. They have your email. Yeah. So I got the email and it said, "Do not watch the chosen." And I didn't say who it was from. I just I was like, "What in the world?" So I clicked on it. So they put out their own. Like parody oh, nice. anti-chosen yeah. campaign. They put their own. Out. They put their own one wow. out. So if you go to if you go to chosensucks <laughs> it's their website. It's their website. No, it's not. It's chosen s u s
0: u x. Okay, that's okay, how, how they. That's how they get around. It's the Christian way of writing sucks. <laughs> sure. Okay. Doesn't count. It doesn't count. Them, doesn't <laughs> count. Right. <laughs> If you go to christiansucks.com,
1: okay. there's a there's a no, video. Chosen, chosen Sucks. Not what did Chris, I say? Christian Sucks. <laughs> not, not that. Please chosen. don't go to that Please site. Please don't go to that. I don't know what that site is. <laughs> I cannot vouch for what that site is. Please don't go there. Okay, chosensucks.com. Okay. There's a video. It's like a little three to four minute video, and it's a parody of, um, I think it's meant to be <laughs> Satan, okay, in hell, <laughs> yeah. instructing, kind of like apprenticing new devils, maybe, as to, as to the issue, the chosen is for them. We've got a little, like, a little mashup, screw tape
0: letters. Yes, With yes. the chosen. Yes. With, like, that Steven Singer sucks, that, that jewelry wet. Do you ever see those billboards? They were made up more in Philly than out here. I don't know what you're talking about. There was this whole campaign. I mean, people, other companies have done it, but they do campaigns, like, against themselves. Okay. But if you go to the oh, website, yeah, okay. you're like, oh, this is just a creative marketing solution. That's what this is, yes. Okay. okay.
1: All right. So, what reminded me of that is to the, he's essentially Satan, is, um, is trying to explain to people why why the chosen is an issue for them. I, I can't believe people are watching this. Yeah, but the but as he's talking and kind of teaching the like the young devils, yeah. maybe or the young whoever in hell, whoever these students are in the class. Sure, okay, they're kind of getting interested in what he's talking about, and they're pulling up the screen. They're like, "Wow, this this." The the cinematic value is really high for this Christian show, right? It's like, and so, and like, oh, that Jesus guy seems really nice. And so one of them, like the light opens up above them, they start kind of rising up out of hell. (laughs) And Satan has to go to the chalkboard and like, it's days since last ascension and he has to erase it and put a zero. That's where, so when you said the ascension, I'm sorry, that just dropped in my mind. That's where your mind went with ascension. You're like,
0: okay. Wow. I mean,
1: second truly was the ascension of Christ himself. (laughs) But immediately, having watched that video last week, Thursday maybe, I just thought that was funny. That's great. That's funny. I'm going to shout that out. Steve, that
0: sounds like the kind of Christian subculture deep dive. (laughs) That would also lead you to put Philippians 4
1: 13 oh, on a sports t shirt. it's t-shirt, true. There honest. it is. Oh, <laughs> Matt. We're, hey, talk about a teaser. That's a teaser. We're going to get into that today. That's good. That's, that's very good. So, uh, that's great. Yeah. No. So, happy Easter. Yes. I'll say it for a while. We'll say it. It truly was a happy Easter. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. It's good. Well, and we um, uh, finished up Philippians 4. We finished four. Philippians. Yeah. Philippians four. Well, we finished Philippians. Yeah. We which did. is Philippians 4 is the end of Philippians. So, yeah. 11 sermons in Philippians, 10 weeks. We yeah. did the. The Ash Wednesday, the Ash Wednesday, too. that's right, was in there as well. So we have a standalone mm-hmm. next week. Yep. Right, and then we go into the goodness of God the series. That's, that's, that's what I'm calling it. Short. It's called. Yeah, it's called T- uh, Taste, and See. Taste and See.
0: Learning to trust the goodness of God. That's right. That yes. Starts May first and runs for a right. couple months. There. It's going to be a, a good series to get into. I mean, weighty <clears throat> in some ways. Yeah. Hard. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, but we hope helpful and beneficial. So looking forward to that. That's a that's a couple Sundays out now. This coming Sunday, we're going to do a, a little bit of a standalone, but related to Philippians. We're going to talk about the value of internalizing and memorizing scripture. Yes. And we're actually going to then get to see and, and experience in our worship service a, an expression <laughs> of that. Um, two women in our church have memorized the entire book of Philippians. So as we finished out Philippians, um, we're going to talk about scripture memorization specifically, but then here. Scripture memorized the whole book that we just in in one setting, which I think is actually uh, in in many ways is going to be helpful. I hope it's it's talking about a really important uh, spiritual practice. It's it's trying to follow uh, the teachings of Scripture that tell us to hide God's word in our heart and to meditate on it. Uh, And also Philippians, as you mentioned, Steve, when you preached several weeks ago in Philippians, it's it's one letter. Mm -hmm. So when we take eleven weeks to break it down, nine or ten verses or so at a time. Um, we can kind of leave with a little bit more of a disjointed sense of like, man, there's so many topics in there, and right. there are, there are. Yeah. But I think it's actually a great way to close <clears throat> the the time t- our time in Philippians out by actually hearing people recite the whole thing start to finish. Yes. And when it's memorized, and it's someone else's voice that's not mine, who people hear a lot of anyway on a Sunday, okay. I think that's a great way to yeah. to close it out. It'll be as close to the original what the original hearers uh, would have heard that this right. this one letter. Read start to finish, yep. Um, probably from Epaphroditus. Yep, we're gonna get to hear it from some women in our church on Sunday. So, looking yep. forward to that.
1: Yeah, and just, just so it's clear, we're not gonna ask random people to do this. There are already some <laughs> pre prepared and planned out, yes. right? Okay, that would, I mean. So come to church still on Sunday. There's yeah. Don't fear of yeah. being called on. That would be hilarious and heretical, probably. Because people <laughs> would
0: just make up whatever they thought Philippians said. That'd be, a problem. be a problem. We'd probably have some... Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, you know yeah. when you go around a room and say you take turns reading off a sheet? Mm. Some people don't like that. And that's yeah. okay. right? Yeah, yeah. you don't like that, you're like, skip. I don't want to actually be the person reading. Sure. Imagine like we're just going to randomly call people and see if you can continue. You can, yeah, next yeah. several words. That won't happen. No. All right. Well, give us a 90-second summary, you know I me. Mean? Give me the 90-second summary of how you finished us in Philippians 4 yeah. yesterday and then we'll go into our kind of some chatting today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Paul as he's closing the letter gets back to the original purpose which he opened the letter with, which is to thank the Philippians for their gift. He's grateful. It's yep. a it's really a, um, it's a deep dive, but it's a thank you letter to for their support. Um, so as he's doing that, as he's thanking them, he offers some qualifications there in Philippians four, and they get into contentment. What is Christian contentment? He's saying, Hey, thank you so much for your gift. I just also want you to know, um, I have learned how to be content when I even don't have anything at all. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful, but I also rely, I'm, I'm even more grateful for the secret of contentment that I've learned. Yeah. He also then talks about their generosity. And he says that he's, you know, he's grateful to receive this gift for his own sake, but also for theirs. It's, you know, to their credit that he um, receives this gift and um, <clears throat> that God will supply all of his needs and all their needs according to his riches and glory. So I uh, broke that down into two, two kind of big parts, the secret and the supply Back to the alliteration. Back to the alliteration? Back. We were we were off for a week. Oh, I was going to say, how long did we depart from <laughs> It was the alliteration? At, it was assonance for a week. Oh, that's right. It was assonance. Now that's it's right. alliteration. That's right. We're back on the alliteration bandwagon. That's right. Okay. Uh, but two parts instead of three or four, you know, every now and then we mix that up a little bit. So the secret and the supply, the secret yep. was the secret of contentment. The supply was that verse 19, my God will supply uh, every need according to his riches and glory. And um yeah, that was the end of of Philippians talking yep. about um, you know, in the secret part being, have we learned the the secret of being brought low? Can we be brought low and can we also abound? Yep. Uh and then with the supply, um, that means you know, because God is the one who supplies our every need, we have something to give, which is a reflection, a display of Jesus' generosity. But even more fundamentally, we have something to receive. And in this story, we are first, we are always recipients yep. of what what God has accomplished in Jesus for us and what God will accomplish through
1: Jesus for all time. Right. It's great. Great summary. Great. It was a good sermon yesterday. Thanks, man. Good su- good, good. summary there as well.
0: Philippians has been a really, it's been a joy uh, to, to preach yeah. through Philippians. Um, I think it was how Bob said it a couple weeks ago. It's, you know, fast patch, fa- <laughs> um, fast pitch, you know, uh, fastballs. Like, Got it. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking softball. You're in softball. Like gosh, you're softball coach. Pitch, your slow pitch. pitch. Oh, oh my gosh. Fast pitch. <laughs> Batting practice fastballs. There we go. Okay. the yep. phrase Bob used to describe Philippians. Yes. Yes. Where yes. Yes. essentially this letter, you know, Paul inspired by the spirit is like for, for a pastor, for a preacher, you know, trying to figure out how am I going to teach the gospel from certain parts of scripture? Yep. You don't have to work that hard in Philippians the way you might in other parts of scripture. Sure. There's just a lot of like, here's the gospel on a tee for you. Yep. Um, in Philippians. it's good.
1: There you go. All right. Well, a question came in. Great. And then we'll talk about Philippians 4.13. I want to talk about that a little bit at the end as well. So let's jump into the one question received. Okay. So the questioner asks, I wonder if you could develop, excuse me, the idea that in order for generosity to take place, needy people need to be willing to, to receive. Yeah. Could you talk more about why we struggle to be good receivers Maybe especially as American Christians. Also, what benefits do we miss if we won't receive? Yeah, great question. Um, that was kind of a point there in the sermon, right? The, uh,
0: talking especially about our fundamental need as recipients yeah. of the grace of God. But any kind of generosity, for any generosity to take place, there's both a giver and a receiver, right. a recipient. You've, you've got to have someone on, on both sides of that. The generosity actually breaks down if there's a lot of people just giving, but no one's actually willing to, to receive it. Um, why do we struggle in that? I think it's because it, it, to receive anybody else's generosity (laughs) immediately is an admission of weakness. Sure. That I don't have everything I need, that I can't do it all myself. And, um, not that this is an exclude like exclusively a problem for American Christians, but I think the spirit of our nation, um, Is independence, you know, that we don't want anybody else to help us. We don't need anybody else to help us. Mm -hmm. Um, there's something really beautiful about the willingness to work hard and to say, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna drive at something. We're gonna really apply ourselves to something. Um, but, uh, especially when it comes to our faith, when it comes to the gospel, um, that can be a real obstacle, a real hindrance to us recognizing, like, I think that's, that's the way I put it yesterday. I think it's offensive to say to another person, you're a charity case. Hmm. Most of us don't like being a charity case. Sure. Most of us, um, depending on, regardless of how we, we think about politics and how, how government should be involved in, in things like the welfare system and things like that. Um, most of us would not be comfortable finding <laughs> ourselves being in a position of kind of being on welfare for an indefinite period of time. Sure. We might, we might value that or want that for a season, but we would want to be off of that really quickly. Um, and I think that posture of being in a in a place of a receiver and recipient uh, is is harder to in in so many ways than to be the person doing the giving, being the generous person, because you when you're giving often are and can kid yourself to think that you are in this position of perpetual strength. I have what everybody else needs. Sure. I don't need the assistance or help from anybody else, um, so I can give from what I have to others without needing anything in. In return, so that's where I think um, the gospel is offensive to many people in our culture who are maybe happy to be in the giving position many times in their life, yep. but very reluctant, very unwilling to be in the recipient, receiver position.
1: Yeah. And that, and that being, because to receive is to be in a position of weakness. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about um, the person who can't receive? As as a matter of their wrestling, and maybe it's all, I mean, it's all kind of like related to the same thing. Because I think you're right that there's that predominantly none of us like to be people don't like to be in a position of weakness. Yeah. What about the person who is wrestling with either shame or guilt, mm. and whether they're aware of it or not, they're conscious or unconscious to like the need to like they can never let a, or they can never receive without like always having a give a gift back. Sure. Um, yep. like I can think about people over the course of my life that you try to, you try to give them, you know, maybe it's a neighbor. I have a sure. neighbor come to mind. Yeah. Um, who like whenever I, whenever we try to give this neighbor a gift around Christmas or Easter, mm-hmm. like a meet, like within 72 hours, a gift comes back. Yeah. You know, and, and it seems as if they're not able to really receive. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't quickly say, Oh, I think it's because this person doesn't like to be in a position of weakness. Maybe. Because I think yeah. it's all maybe it's all related. I've I've more perceived it as I wonder if they just they're, they they they're they're guilty. They feel guilty to sure. receive, and they feel like they have to then go do something to earn. Yeah, why they even receive something in the first place? It's um maybe not for every personality type, but for many,
0: <clears throat> I would say it's it's uncomfortable to feel like you're in a position of debt. So yeah, like that you, you owe that yeah. you owe someone something. So maybe there's a like a debtors a debtor's ethic, a debtor's guilt or okay. shame. Yeah. That's even part yeah. of that yeah. where it's like, gosh, it's really, it's really clear that this is not a reciprocal even relationship that mm. I've actually been put in a position where that person's done more for me than I've done for them. Sure. And, um, probably it's the, it's the shadow side. So like of the, the light, the, you know, the bright side of that personality the get the, the, the right thing in there. It's, it's even, my mind goes to Galatians two, where mm. it, we've talked about this before in here a little bit to say, You know, Galatians 2, Paul says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. But then it says two verses later, Galatians 6, 4 or 5, but everyone must carry his own load. Yeah. So there's that idea of, like, the people that really own that, hey, everyone's got to be able to carry their own load. We don't want to be – we don't want to always – if we have the ability to contribute things, to, like, be giving of what we have, that's a good place. That's a good place to be. Yep. The shadow side of that personality is that, man, we hate being in a posture of being a debtor to somebody. Where it's like I – Hey, I am actually, I'm maybe I'm fine receiving something, but I've got a ledger in my mind that I'm keeping track of like, okay, well, that person's give, invited me over for dinner this many times. I need to make sure I get even with them or above and out in front of them yeah. and invite them over to dinner that many times. They've given me this gift. It probably, it probably was valued at about this amount of money. I better value, I better give them a gift that's about that amount of money too. And we get really uncomfortable. Maybe there's, maybe guilt is the right, you know, sense or emotion that someone has there. If it's, if it's, if it's obvious that we're not even, yeah, that there's a, there's an outstanding balance in the debt, so to speak, um, of our relationship of the, of the things that have passed between us. Right. And to be fair, um, sometimes that comes out of people's life experiences where like they've been in someone's debt for a while and they were fine with it but then they realized later that like the person doing the giving was like really bitter they're like sure, man i've yes. g- given so much and i've never gotten an invite back or i've never right. and they maybe they maybe had it blow up in their direction from the other side right um you know because they're because because the person giving in that situation was giving with the expectation of reciprocity
1: sure yeah so that yes. so there's a lot of breakdown that can yeah. happen
0: in this whole relationship of giving and receiving <laughs> yeah. and and that and if it sounded um yeah i wouldn't want people to feel um judged in the difficulty of being in that posture of being a sure. recipient. Yeah, yeah. More just like, man, let's also be honest and exposed in, particularly as this this questioner put it, um, you know, American Christians who are notoriously self sufficient, um, independent, often in circumstances of plenty and abounding, to use some of Paul's languages here. like yep. language in Philippians four. Um Let's be, let's let's recognize how difficult it can be for us in the gospel specifically to realize that we are first and always debtors. Right. <laughs> we are first and always um, rece- receivers, and we will never pay back to That's Jesus right. what he has given us. That's right. That's the whole story of the gospel. What we could not <clears> do, <throat> what the law could not do, what our obedience to the law could not <clears> do, God did
1: in Christ. Yeah, so what is it that we... What benefits do we miss and then if we won't receive? It's a it's a healthy um, creation of gratitude. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, you. I
0: mean, you could miss the gospel completely. Yeah, completely.
1: Yeah. That right. was
0: even what I was getting at yesterday, and knowing that maybe my you know here's a little bit inside you know pastor's thought process and prepping an Easter sermon, thinking there's probably going to be some people sitting with us, which we which we love any yep. Sunday. excuse me, but especially on Easter Sunday who don't often attend a church service, but do to oblige a family member or a friend or because they think they should on Easter culturally. Right. And even some of them even thinking, okay, well in this moment where there's maybe less pressure for people to attend church who don't believe, but the people who might, who might be in that category, the people who might show up on Pew research surveys and Gallup polls and say, I'm an evangelical, but by that they just mean I identify as a voting block as a Christian or they might, well, those kind of folks who are not Christians by, you know, from, from actually putting their faith and trust in Jesus from receiving his work, the benefits of his work. um, They might be the ones who would come to church on Easter Sunday. They probably are moral people. They probably are people that pursue some of the ethics of Christianity. They probably do recognize like I should give of what I have. I should give money. I should open my home. I should, some of the things that we talk about that we do as a response to the grace of God. Yeah. And thinking, OK, that that to me feels like an, um, hopefully maybe a, a really necessary, um, helpful pr- sharing of the gospel and call to people who might be there with us yesterday to receive Jesus that maybe consider themselves Christians, but actually aren't because right. they because they've always been like happy to go. Yep. Jesus is good. I like that stuff. I've never actually you know humbled myself to recognize how desperate I am for his grace and mercy
1: right. through his death and resurrection. Right. Yeah, it's good. It's good. All right, Let's
0: so, jump to yeah. yeah. Did we answer that? I guess yeah. I think the so. Benefits. Yeah. yeah, you miss yeah. that. You miss gratitude. You actually rob people of the chance to display Jesus and their generosity. Right. That, that's a. That's something you miss. Um, we miss the benefits. There. There is a real beauty and a benefit to, um, you know, to allowing someone else the joy of being generous. Right. Man, that was that. That to talk about personal conviction for me on this front.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, I'm. I'm a guy that like is, so So my wife has been, has helped me a ton in this. I think including not just financial type things, but like receiving help from other people. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at going like, Hey, I'm not doing okay over here. Can I have some help? Can you guys like jump in and help me? I'm more like, I'll just, I'll just figure out a way to like get it done. Yeah. I don't want to inconvenience you. I don't want to put that on someone else. Um, Chase helped me greatly in that regard. But one of the things that has helped me specifically in that regard too, is that you know, you actually, you know, you could, this would apply to generosity. It would apply to service too. receiving service gifts from other people. But, um, the, you actually rob people of some of the joy that comes when they, when they actually have something they can contribute and do. If you just kind of put up a wall and say yeah. like, I don't really need that help. Right. And, and being in community with other people is at times being in, in both of these positions. I'm in, I'm in the giving position at times and I need to also be in the receiving position at times. Right. And, um, so we, so that whole thing short circuits and breaks down. If when we're in our moments of need, um, we're, we're unwilling to acknowledge that and to, to reach out and share that and say, yeah. I, I really need some help.
1: Yeah, nurture that gift in someone else. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, let's jump to Philippians 4.13. So let me ask you, I was sitting, I sit toward the front. <laughs> so yesterday when you asked... You kind of ask like tongue in cheek. Anybody here have a, a Philippians four thirteen? I can do all things through Christ's yeah. strings, to me. T shirt or sweatpants or yep. Did any, any hands raised? There were. I um, did. Shockingly few people <clears throat> in the ten
0: thirty service. Okay. A lot more in the 830s. Oh, starts, okay, all right, all right. Which I had someone some someone asked me yesterday. They said that I was looking in their general direction when oh. they, when they raised their hand. Okay, and then I had <laughs> before kind of a, they raised it. No, when no, when they had their hand oh, okay. up. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but then I had a very confused, apparently, look on my face, and they said, "Like, <laughs> is it? Does, do I not look like an athlete enough to have had one of those shirts?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I I think I was surprised in um, how few people, and maybe you know, maybe people didn't didn't own up to it, or okay. maybe like maybe people just haven't like." you know, swam in the okay, uh, Christian in
1: subculture world that we right. have in our you had You had so many, you had, it was so few, you actually had to make eye contact. Yeah. Right? So it was not like you could just generally look at a whole bunch of hands. There were like maybe half a dozen okay. in the second yep. service. Okay. They, so I, I didn't raise my hand because I actually don't have one. I think if I don't know like maybe if people in the church would, would try to have to draft twenty people. Steve, I'm thing. shocked. I'm Are shocked you? by that. I, I, I was only because a shocked.
0: you were uh, you were you've been an athlete. Yeah, I've been I've been. You in... grew up in a Christian family. Sure. Yeah, you grew up in Christian athletics. Yeah, maybe not the camping side of that as much, but Christian athletics. The I'm, camping
1: side. What does that mean? I think the other place that that verse. is oh, okay, to used yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. Yes. is yes. in like Christian, Christian camps. camps. That's true. Yeah, I for sure. Yes. So that's the <clears> um, yep. I'm, there you go. You never had one. I've not had one. Well done. No. Okay, thanks. You you did not step <laughs> you did not step on the line that I had. I, I was gonna like see if I could just like find one and come and just like rip off my <laughs> my, by my shirt right now to show as my undershirt. Or like I'm gonna preach in a Philippians 4:13
0: <laughs> t-shirt next week there, just right? to see just, <laughs> just to, to see, see if
1: anyone was paying attention. Was, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. All right, well here I want to get into this. So I had <laughs> okay. I had some questions. You were preaching this yesterday. I thought you said some really good things and nothing that i would i would actually say oh that w- I, w- I would nothing i would disagree with Okay. but it just made my mind start to think in a couple areas yeah so because i i would say yeah i think if you if you see that verse applied in culture and you do see it a lot in sport and athletics professional especially although it trickles down most often I'd go, yeah, I get, I get a little jaded. I kind of tilt my head. I kind of raise an eyebrow like, okay, yep. There's that. There's that flipping four thirteen reference again. Yeah. Right. Um, but I also wanted to, I I was sitting to these thoughts. So I kind of wrote down a couple, I kudos to the people who actually submit questions. Oh, it's great. Because they put, they can succinctly ask a question. I'm unable to do that. (laughs) You know me. I'm like, I got like four bullet points to talk about what I want to bring up here. So, all right. So let me just jump in. So there are there are there are athletes, no yeah. doubt, who parody faith and they use it in ways that not accurate to the text. Yeah. Right. So Philippians 4 13, one of the most if we had to pick the top five verses, like take it out of context, yeah. it's in that top five, right? Yeah. Okay. Maybe there are those who don't mean to abuse it. Yeah. Even when they use it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about like a guy like Steph Curry in a moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. He might be someone who, if anyone's familiar with the subculture, going, like, wait, what about Steph Curry? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about him in a moment. It just brought to my mind last weekend the Masters champion. I don't watch golf. I don't watch a lot of golf. Okay, why not, um, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask that. Yeah, that was uh, that was my sport in high school. <laughs> was, are, you, are you taking a shot I, at? Not yeah. against oh, golf, okay. but like. Okay. I mean, Jim Gaffigan is either the comedian who says, like, I'm not even playing golf, I'm watching golf. That's how sad my life is. I'm not even playing golf, I'm watching golf, right? It is.
0: It's... I like golf. I like golf. It's a great, like, throw it on on a Sunday afternoon and, like, take a nap kind of sport. Okay, there you go. Right. Even from a guy that played it for a long time. Right. The Masters, maybe those tournaments are,
1: like, ones that you might actually watch the last round. Listen, I have... I've watched... I've watched golf and enjoyed big moments. Yeah. I don't watch enough of it to really know anything or get excited about watching different tournaments. Yeah. It's a great sport. Yeah. I just have it has not fit into my life just yet. Okay. So anyway, Scotty Scheffler, yes. yep. he won the Masters last week. Yeah. And either before or after, I just seen this story. I found a quick quote here. He yeah. has is saying the reason why I play golf is I'm trying to glorify God and all that He's done in my life. So for me, my identity isn't a golf score like Meredith, that's his wife, told me this morning. uh, This was, I guess this was Sunday morning before the final round. Yeah. If you win this golf tournament today, if you lose this golf tournament today by 10 shots, if you never win another golf tournament again, I'm still going to love you. You are still going to be the same person. Mm. Jesus loves you and nothing changes. That's awesome. And he says, all I'm trying to do is glorify God. And that's why I'm here and that's why I'm in this position. Yeah. So that now, so there's a Christian athlete kind of giving a little bit of testimony right there. He as far as I don't I, as far as I know yeah he doesn't have Flippings four thirteen on his golf bag or anywhere sure. but it comes to mind as someone yeah. that he gave an explicit testimony of yeah. sorts. It made me think of someone like Steph Curry yeah who does who's who's just known for having Flippings four thirteen on his shoes maybe on a shirt right just it shows yeah. up yeah. places and if you don't find the moments where he would share about his faith you wouldn't know it right because yeah. he just uses the verse yeah and so. Where? How do we? Mm. Maybe my question that it came to mind is: um, Truly, there's like a central and most pure and accurate application of this scripture of being content in all circumstances, specifically with regard to having much or having little. Yeah. trusting in the Lord for salvation as the Redeemer, trusting in God who's sovereign over life to provide all of your your needs. Yeah. Um, but what do we do then for the person when we we see Philippians four thirteen? Yeah, knowing that. Most of the time it is probably being taken out of context. <laughs> How do we as Christians go, I don't actually know that whole person's yeah. use or application, yeah. their testimony. And so I gotta be careful to not just group them all together yeah. as a as a a Christian living with a lot of error just because they're using the verse. Yeah. Maybe even going back to Philippians one eighteen, yeah, where Paul's saying, Hey, whether it's in pretense or not. Christ is being glorified, and, and that's and a good thing, right? So that's yeah. that he's going to rejoice. Yeah. So how do we do that well? Even yeah. going like, "Hey, I'm fully admitting, yep, I think that verse taken out of context a lot. Yeah. And yet, how do we as Christians not just scorn those who use it if they write it on a shoe or put it on a backpack? Yeah. That they're automatically in error. Yeah. That's really good. And not making that assumption. Um,
0: there's another verse that gets taken out of context too. Judge not. Right. That's the other one that's like... Because
1: I'm asking you, so. Matt, to judge not. <laughs> How dare you? No, okay. Right. But there's a... Um,
0: that. Yeah, that's a great point, though. And yes, not to automatically make an assumption that someone like Steph Curry putting a verse like Philippians 4.13 on a shoe doesn't actually have deeper and faithful meaning and implications to what Philippians 4.13 is saying. I mean, he might have it on there for a very different reason than we might you know, look through these kind of skewed Christian subculture lenses and go, well, that's just the verse that all athletes put on everything. Right, totally. they, yep. they use it. as So the, you know, the difference between seeing Philippians 4.13 as like a self-help, like a Christian kind of self, like God, God is my, you know, coach, cheerleader, yep. um, that kind of mentality versus Paul talking about contentment and being able to endure and walk through whatever circumstances life puts in front of him. Steph Curry I don't know his story. Maybe you know more of it, but he might have a story where like, gosh, he's gone through some stuff and he's actually clung to that verse. Now finding himself maybe in a season of plenty, plenty and abounding uh, as a professional athlete, making a lot of money, yeah, but sure. maybe having very different roots and a backstory and family stuff like that might, that verse might mean something actually much more faithful to Philippians 4.13 than maybe the, the stereotype of the Philippians 4.13 use. Right. So not just automatically. Yeah. And that's, you're right to kind of push on me there because in my cynicism, I can look at any of that <laughs> that exists culturally and and assume it's automatically either like pandering, like, hey, th- this person just kind of wants Christian support for yep, them totally. because, and this is a way to get get it cheaply, right? Um, or just kind of mm-hmm. like really, really shallow Christianity, like Christianity light that like, you know, kind of is like, okay, fine. And now, and we all rush out to go like, hey, isn't it great we got these guys on our team, but like. I don't know what they actually believe, so I don't you don't right. you don't want to assume in, in any direction there. My my maybe this would have been helpful to get into yesterday more. My background, uh, my Philippians four thirteen t shirt was my uh, Christian campus ministry that I was involved in in college, and it was our intramural sports shirt. Okay. Right, so like it was like that was our jersey. <laughs> Stakes are high. Stakes are real high <laughs> right. through Philippians four thirteen. Now this is this is the same organization that um you know at least in our chapter of it we were known for like. Slapping proof text verses on every T-shirt we ever did. we had. I think I think actually it was in our bylaws we had to. And any T-shirt okay. we made have a verse on. Has it. Has to have a verse. And if you put that in there as a bylaw, you're going to get some goofy verses yeah, on you your are. shirts. Yep. So like right. best the best one. Okay. <laughs> I almost referred to this when we did the Book of Acts like okay. series uh, <laughs> prior to Philippians, right? Um, we did an, an outreach every spring called Island Party. It was an island themed party. We'd okay. bring in like musicians, and there'd be slip and slides, and you know, it was a lot of okay. fun. Yep. yep. And it was actually a great outreach. Like it was, yep. a, it was. A, we we actually ended up getting to share the gospel through that, and it was it was really fun to plan. And and I was on the leadership team for that a couple years and all that. So the t-shirt one year i mean was literally a couple of us sitting around somebody's computer and googling <laughs> scripture verses island island right and the only one that came up that we actually we actually seriously considered putting on the ver- the uh the shirt that year was it's toward the end of acts at acts 28 where they like it's the verse is like, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. It was <laughs> like when Paul decides they gotta right. shipwreck yes. the boat, yeah, like right. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're gonna just run it run it into the ground and then like float to shore. Yes. That verse almost made it onto our island party t-shirt because we had so that's the mentality that leads to the Philippians four thirteen abuses of yes. like we can yeah. be good at sports too. Right. Um not everyone puts forth Philippians, to your point, not everyone puts it on their shoe because of that reason.
1: Yeah, and I and I'm I'm, I don't know if I'm as cynical as you, Matt, but I'm close. If There's not, no not, way. No way? Okay. <laughs> There's no like, way. I'm pretty cynical because that shows up. Sure. It shows up with like, you know, as as the verse before we go and start, you know, bench pressing. It's sure. like, I can do all things. Christ yeah. is going to strengthen me for this bench press. And it's like, I don't think that is what this verse is intended to mean. Sure. And yet, maybe someone, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm picking on Steph Curry. I'm using it as an example. Like any, any Christian who, like you said, professional, you're making a lot of money. Yeah. Like, maybe there's enough of that. He goes, I'm going to be content even with what I have and not succumb to the pressures of having to make more money, be in every commercial, be at every award show, make every friend, build my brand. like, at some point, you know, because even Paul said I've been content with with much, with few. Yeah. it's like, well, there might even be the much. Like, how are we content with the much and what do we do with that? Yeah. And... Yeah, I think there's probably also a lot of people that don't do well with that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think Scripture even tells us that we should be wary of those moments as well of the abundance um, of, of the abundance of, the of it, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm probably just as cynical, um, but it did make me go. Let's, yeah, it'd be helpful for us to go use it as a way to like pursue understanding of where people are. Yeah, and let us never be ones who just like slap verses onto things and. Have it mislead people from, I mean, if it's not glorifying God, if we're given the opportunity yeah. to speak to it and we don't glorify God, okay, we're missing something. Yeah. There's, there's the miss. Well, and that's,
0: that's maybe where, you know, cynical as I am, I love what Scotty Scheffler said. Like that's, yeah, that, that's, that was awesome. that was really great. and I think yeah, maybe, terrific. and maybe that's the difference between the little like snippet of seeing a verse kind of printed on a shoe right. and actually getting to hear someone talk about what, what that actually, what their faith actually yeah. means. Yeah. So I, like when I, when I hear like the way he just, like the quote you just shared there, yeah, terrific. I'm like, that's phenomenal. Right. I mean, you're, you're talking about like my identity is not in this. You're talking about, I'm doing this to glorify God. You're even making the parallel to the kind of love that you're that you're mm. like a wife has for you. Yep. That Jesus is going to have that same love for you, regardless of your performance. Which is, you know, this is the the favor of and the smile of God and the grace of God upon you, regardless of how you perform any given day right. in any aspect of life. I mean, there's I hear that and I go like, there's some substance to that guy's faith. That's depth. Yeah, that's not a pan, like, and that's not a pant. That does not feel in any way like a pandering moment where he's like. Wanting to make sure he's getting on the good side of you know Christian subculture and getting endorsements from right from that you know so I um I think that's when I when I, so and and maybe very well possibly I I don't follow the NBA enough to know much about Steph Curry or any any athlete in the NBA but there could be clips like that of him unpacking like his um, I'm five foot eight so like the NBA, <laughs> I just feel biased all right I feel I feel I feel triggered right. just watching that's the NBA I'm like this is <laughs> I feel tr- that's a great line. I feel triggered just
1: watching the NBA until Spud Webb is back. And <laughs> then I'll feel. Then I'm Muggsy
0: Bogues or Spud but Webb. Then I'll, Muxy Bogues.
1: Muxy Bogues. was our guy in our era, right? Growing up with the Hornets. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't think there's an equivalent right now. Uh, no. I, mean, I don't know that, if there is. Not like that.
0: You don't want to talk about triggered? My yeah. yes, now, I do. Now, <laughs> now you have to be like six foot six to be like a three point shooter. Now, like all oh, these guys are seven the feet guard, tall, pulling yeah. up, pulling up behind the line, and they're seven feet sure, tall, I mean, like. What does that leave the humble five foot eight man like myself? You can Nowhere. Buy
1: a, just buy a ticket. <laughs> getting popcorn. <laughs> at least, I mean, leaves you getting popcorn, right? Basketball. What a <laughs> what a joke of a sport. Who invented that. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Naismith. All right. Well, that's good. Thanks. Yes. Um, thank you, everyone, for the questions you put in. Uh, we had a we had a series sermon series high of nine questions. Wasn't that in the Philippine yeah, series? We had was. nine questions. Yep. So uh, after that, kind of drop down, right? We're, we're back yeah. to like the two or three at most. Yep. So as you have questions, put them in. Put them in. I'd imagine that we're getting to a spot with, um, as we get into
0: the goodness of God series. I mean, that's going to, if you're willing to engage it, and you're willing to dive into gentle and lowly. I think that's going to open up some things too. Yep. So I just would invite that as we go through that. That's a, um, it's a, it's an incredible and beautiful topic to think about the goodness of God, what that actually means. But it's yeah. also, man, um, holding that up against real life circumstances where you're really struggling to see the goodness of God yes. is hard. Yeah. So we we're going into this and we we'll just invite you to be doing this now too just praying for each other as a church and anyone who would come or listen to these sermons that are going to be starting in May um just that man that God would just give us a lot of grace and compassion uh for each other and that he would just even help uh us to really understand his goodness um especially the, those among us that are Facing circumstances where that's really hard to, to
1: yeah. see. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, as, as you said, I'd agree. Great opportunity to really reflect on that and submit questions. Don't. Let's uh, not just like mail it in. Mail in this series with mm-hmm. the goodness of God, and everything's going to be easy, and we, we won't feel anything. Actually, this ser- series may help us feel things deep in our hearts and our souls. So, yeah. submit questions as you have them. Uh, thank you all for listening. Happy Easter to you. Yes. Long way to go with the happy Easter. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of this week. We will see you in Bible studies and next week at worship. And from there on out. Thanks, yeah. everyone. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources, information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.